Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. All right, welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins, Evan getting ready to preview week six in the Big Ten. And as I said in my uh, instant reaction, we've separated. This league has truly become the haves and the have-nots. And one outlier who I really don't know what to do with, and that's Penn State. I don't really know where Penn State fits. I don't know if they're legit. I don't know if they've just played bad teams. I thought they would demolish Northwestern, but then I had to reconfigure. The storm that I thought was going to dump rain on Maryland and Michigan State actually headed to Happy Valley, and Penn State had five turnovers. They won the game 17-7. to Northwestern couldn't capitalize on any of the five turnovers. I don't know where Penn State figures. I don't know where they're at. They got the bye week this week, and then they got Michigan next week. So that, I'll know some more about Penn State next week when they take on Michigan, probably one of the better games of the week. Biggest news that came out of the Big Ten, you know, probably just Paul Christ leaving, getting fired, find out more details. It's got to be a sweet deal when you have $20 million that they owe you, but you Cut a deal to take $11 million. I don't know why you would leave $9 million on the table from somebody who just fired you. But that's what happened. And, it, and that makes that makes zero sense. The sad reality is this. It's the new age of college football. It's, it's where we're going now that five Power Five coaches have been fired. No professional coaches. Nobody in the NFL has been fired. But the stakes are so high. There are billions of dollars at stake. You got to win now. And where, let's let's just be real, you know, sometimes it's better to be a part of the past generation. Sometimes it's better to be a part of the present generation. If you're a coach, you want to be a part of the past generation. I I look at guys, and this kind of goes with the Mel Tucker thing. The clock gets expedited. You don't get the four years to come in. I mean, think about if this, if, if, if we had this when Harbaugh was doing what he was doing at Michigan, not beating Ohio State, splitting or losing to Michigan State regularly, I don't know how long he sticks around. I don't think that part would have changed. I think they were with him until the bitter end. Dude, they let him go to Minnesota and interview for an NFL job and was like, come on back, buddy. See, I, 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 and that's off a Big Ten title. I get it, but I don't think they changed. But these other schools are cutthroat, and I love it. Right. Paul Christ was known for having some pretty darn good running backs back there that I think made him look a lot better than what they actually were. Mm -hmm. They did have solid defenses, but nothing that was like, oh, my God, we're afraid to face them. I mean, that year that they played Michigan and just throttled them with Jonathan Taylor. But that was all Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion. And so what? You have one of the top five NFL backs on your team. You're probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, But here's the thing, Evan. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's what the focus of college football. This is Bo Pelini all over again. In 2015, he gets to hire 10 and 3, 11 and 3, 13 and 1, 8 and 5, 10 and 4, pandemic. He was 4 and 3. Nobody really counts that. Last year, he was 9 and 3. This year, he was 2 and 3. Fired. Paul you, Christ. Paul Christ. You said Bo Pelini. I'm sorry. No, my, no oh, that, that's no, what it's, it's become. It's like Bo Pelini, yeah. where Bo Pelini one, at one, Nebraska one. averaged nine and four every year. Nebraska got rid of him. We could do so much better. Three division titles, 
He uh, six out of seven bowl wins, three top fifteen finishes with a seventy two percent winning percentage, a sixty seven and twenty six record, and he was fired. And you know what? At, at least maybe these, I guess, athletic directors. I almost said program directors, but we're um, noticing on the West. It's easier to win. It's easier to get to where they need to get to get that win, but they never get the win. So why keep doing the same thing over and over? Dude, but that's just it. It's I, I think that Wisconsin has a ceiling, and he he constantly was at the ceiling. You fired a man. I mean, he's averaging ten wins a year, and it's not like you watch now, any of those games on TV. They're always packed. It's not like there weren't fans going to the games. It's not now, UCLA. I think it was a twofold thing. I think Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator. Hot name, you were probably going to lose him. And this is one of those, kind of like with a quarterback, do we just go with the younger kid because this guy's going to be out the door anyway? Do we make the switch? Now, I think the other thing that really got him fired, man, was Brett Bielema walked into Madison and showed them what Wisconsin football used to look like. Oh, yeah. And he rammed it down their throats. What did they have, two yards of rushing? A total of two yards. Evan, I get Wisconsin, it. Sacks are factored do, into that and everything. Wisconsin can do one thing. They, Run. They, they, no, right. They produce old linemen who block out the sun, who you never heard of before until they go to Wisconsin. That's Wisconsin and Iowa's claim to fame. 100%. Big old linemen. Yeah. You can't run the ball at Wisconsin? I, I was just shocked because when you look at that record, that should put every coach on notice, not just the Big Ten, across the country. Oh, it totally should. Because this guy got fired. And once, like he you averaged said, 10 wins a year. And he went to the Big Ten title game, I, I can think of offhand, at least three, three times. times, right? Three times. And then, I mean, in he Nebraska. He had a bad season. And Nebraska's a good example, too, because you hired not only, like, one of the best up-and-coming coaches in the game when he was at UCF. He was the name. But then he was a legacy to your program. And you're like, you know what? It's not good enough. Get out. And I see, I, I understand why Scott Frost is gone. Here's the record, you would think, okay, dude, maybe we sit down. You need to figure this thing out because look at everything that they have done. And they fired this guy. He's two and three this year. He got embarrassed at home, and they bought him out, fired him. Yeah, it's wild. And and I wonder if just that twenty million to eleven million. It's kind of like a homie deal where it's like, as long as you are hiring him, I'm all right with it because that is his guy. And Jim well, I got to think this is probably one of those D'Antonio, uh, Lloyd Carr, sweetheart deals where you get an office in the building. Sure. And and Free, we're not going to yeah. run your name through the mud, blah, blah, blah. This is, I now see why a guy like Tucker or other coaches are now getting that guaranteed money. Well, yeah, and you if, should, if, if right? I'm going to get fired in two, three years, and you're going to pay me. Well, you pay me the money. Well, and we can say all we want about coaches leaving on their dime and blah, blah, blah. That's a lot to move your entire family across the country. Embrace everything that you don't necessarily know, but you embrace it. Right. You might not even agree with everything you're embracing. Well, see, and I think this is going to be the new thing also of college football. As, um, you know, he had the $20 million owed to him. He took the $11 million buyout. That's one thing. Scott Frost got the fifteen million. You know what? We just need you to fill. Here's an extra seven and a half million. We're gonna fire you three weeks before. But I look at some like the Jimbo Fishers, the Mel Tuckers, 
you know, the Brian uh, 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 Kelly. Kelly at LSU. With all of that money, now you got a little bit of leverage. Guys, you can let me go, and I got enough money, I'll never have to work another day in my life. No, I'll go to TV and get even more money. But, you know, it, it's that delicate balance. I, I I just looked at that, and the more and more I, I see it, it it's, it's the new age of college football, following with what happened with SMU. SMU is in week four. Some of their best players, not bench guys, best players have decided to opt out for the season. Why? They want to transfer. We're at the portal. A little showcase, a little taste of what we can do. Now all you big power five schools, come at me. Give me a call. Holler at me. Tell me if you want me to come there. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I saw, you know, Darren Ravel was like, oh, I, you know, expect the same thing at Michigan State and Miami. And it's just like, hey, numb nuts. Oh, because he called them a mid-tier school, too. Yeah, mid-tier school. How about this, Darren? Uh, do your homework. You got to week four to keep that year. You still play. It's week five, which was last week. You're you're done. What does he expect? Jaden Reed just to opt out for the rest of the year? Yeah, I'll be honest. Probably wouldn't blame the kid if he did. Not he say, it wouldn't help to, him. Right. He's just gonna say I'm going straight to the pros sure. and out. But I don't even think that's gonna help him. I it, it's because it's it's lazy, easy narrative. You're it's just stupid. And also, like, dude, your football team's Northwestern, so why don't you calm down for a second? Right, but yeah, a mid tier team. Okay. I saw Darius Snow responded to it like, oh, mid mid tier, huh? Okay. Right. So. We'll see. But you know what made me just think too, is because we're in the day and age of NIL. I think these schools are easier to fire these guys because it's not their money. Well, that, that's the newer contracts. Like you, Tucker, half Michigan State, his original contract's still there. Like if he gets the billionaires what, supplemented the rest. Let's say tomorrow they're unhappy with Mel. I'm not saying this is happening. And they have to pay the buyout. Who owes that buyout? Is it the boosters? Is it the school? Is it a combo of both? However, the contract okay, and the language is. Here's how it was brought to me. MSU pays their part, and I guess they pretty much have a uh, a bond or trust where the remainder of the money is sitting so that anything ever happens. Because here, here's little known fact, okay? You and I decide we want to put our name on a building, okay? So it'll be the Jenkins Beard Communications Building, okay? Better yet, you decide, I want to give back to Oakland. <laughs> I'm sure. going to call it the Jenkins Campy Basketball Facility. Right. It's just a couple of clowns on there. But anyway. You <laughs> promised to give Oakland $10 million. And the news comes out, and 247, radio's all interviewing you. Evan, you're donating. That's so great. You're giving back to Oakland. Here's what people don't know. <clears throat> you have now broken up those payments, that $10 million, into... A half million dollars for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. They don't get the whole 20, 10 million up front. Well, a half million dollars, yeah, for the next 20 years. If at two years in, your business goes belly up, you're not on the hook for it. Wanna know why? It's a gift. Uh, it's not a contract, it's a gift. Okay. You don't have the money to pay for it. Your name's still on the building. They did all the hoopla. You just, hey, guys, you pulled a Tayshaun Prince. What do you want? I got nothing. Right, and and I was just thinking, too, about the boosters. It's like, 
they can't be mad because they're the ones that signed off, right? right. I mean, so you I, chose to do so. So now I think for Tucker, that they somehow or another they have an insurance policy or whatever to set up for the remainder. Gotcha. So in the event that Ishbia decides. Yeah, my mortgage company's going belly yeah. up, guys. I Interest got nothing. Interest rates are 10%. I can't afford this right now. Right. That they, it's going to be covered. So that's, that's just like the little known secret that most people see. But your name stays up in Oakland. Mm-hmm. It's on the building. You just never paid the final, you know, Damn. 16, 17 years of it. You want to get in the scummy business to start doing that around the country? <laughs> now, your name's probably going to be mud, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. here's the thing. And they can't take the name down because, well, why'd you take the name down? Oh, yeah. You know what? Never mind. Leave the name up there because you don't want to go through the whole, okay, well, Evan is a scumbag because maybe your business picks back up again and you start making the payments again. Right, exactly. Okay. But I say all that to say, with all of that money out there, these coaches are smart saying, look, I need it fully guaranteed. I'll give you a little buyout because I think Tucker's – Buyout is so small. Like two million bucks or something like that. But it's the fully guaranteed money. But now you got players who are now starting to sit out because college football has become a big-time business. This is why I get angry when I look at the college football playoff committee because I forgot it was a coach that that basically – no, it may have been um, uh, Kevin Warren, the commissioner, was saying that this game is moving at speeds faster than what the administration is going at. So, meaning college football is evolving fast, but you guys are going so slow. School is not evolving with it. Right. It's almost like, you know, your kids teaching you how to use your computer because they've learned it all. Right. You're just still like, so is AOL still a thing? Yeah, and academia just is never going to be quick enough because that's not what they're in the business of. They're, well... They are in a big business. Don't get me wrong with the right. amount of money they get, but no, there's still A, B, C, D. I still think that the, the the college football presidents and all that they still see it as a well. It's a privilege to do this, and pe- like guys, that's what I'm saying. It's all old time people th- that are this, still there. This thing is is wobbling, and and you could take it to a whole other. I think if college football did it right, they could surpass the NFL. But right now, the NFL is the only one who actually gets it. So they're like, they have no problem with expanding the playoffs. And you know what? Well, yeah, because the only people that are going to get in their way is themselves in the hey, NFL. Maybe, I mean, they, they're doing all that fun stuff that college football people are like, well, I don't really know about all of this. Ah, we're going to do this. We're going to do, hey, how about we do the draft? And, I mean, they've turned everything into an event. Everything's a spectacle. Whereas, college, to me, college football, throw away the schedules that you plan out 30 years ahead of time, and every year or every other year, you do a, a schedule reveal in May. Oh, yeah. No, hey. you, you've been calling for that since, what, the basketball one came out a few years ago during no, COVID? No, in football. They did. Oh, that. It they was actually during did COVID. it during yep. COVID. They did a schedule reveal. I'm like, guys, this is what you should have been doing the whole time. Therefore, you know you're going to be playing good teams. And, hey, you know what? You're going to be playing a home-and-home home with Virginia Tech. Okay. Done. Great. But the way it's set up now, it's like, well, we can't get out of it because we've set this up for 10 years from now. Right. Yeah, half your fan base will be dead. Well, we scheduled Boise State when they were in the whatever that bowl was where they did the trick play. Right. And, and wait, they're not good anymore? I don't want to play them anymore. Why would we pay that? Right. That's what it comes down to is that you do it so far in advance. I mean, 
what was it? Michigan State and Alabama. I remember when they announced that, and it was like 13 years down the road. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'll really be pumped to see that game but when I'm the time, 50. Alabama wasn't that great. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, Saban had gotten there, and Alabama wasn't that great. It's just, you're, you're right about that. It, it's, it's a big business with people not thinking of it as a big business or see it and are reluctant to embrace all of the change that has happened, will happen, and will continue to happen. Right. It's, it's so many things that you can do, but it's all based. Well, it's never been done. It's going to take some time. Like, you know, like the college football playoff committee, and I'm picking on them because they're stupid. Oh, yeah. Okay. What about the midterms? Well, Who cares about their midterms? Well, they don't. I don't understand how we can schedule all of these games. I'm like, guys, it took me 30 seconds to come up with it. Real simple. Uh, December 17th, four games on a campus, and then after that, you use the bowl games. Done. You're done. Yeah. It's guaranteed sellouts because you're going to watch your team and the other team's going to travel, and it's a home field advantage, and it gives you, you know, incentive that, okay, you're not one of the top four teams, but you're in the next group. You want to be five through eight, so you get a home game at least so right. you can hope to win to move forward. It's really that simple. And it's like they sat for seven hours. I came up with that in 30 seconds. Well, no, because and the problem is, is that you put too many cooks in the kitchen. No, I don't even think they're in the kitchen. They're they're all stuck in the shower together. <laughs> well, no matter what, it's, where's the refrigerator? You're in the bathroom. It's just too many voices with too many differing opinions and too many people that are still stuck in 2000 and it's 2022. But well, 97 we had co-champions and whatever. They'll yeah. evolve eventually. Eventually. So, anyway, about the teams. Yeah. Um, hey, I think there's only one in the, the state Fox anymore. Big Noon kickoff is going to be on the Michigan parade. They're oh, did gonna, you hear next week, too? Yeah, Penn State. That, that's, honestly, that's a joke. You've now reached the point where Fox, Joel Klatt, is now becoming Dick Vitale and Duke. Where, what does people say? Oh, Dukey V. I don't know what name we can come up with, Klatt and Gus, but guys... Mute TV. Here's now. Well, here's the funny thing about it, because you've been following Michigan for all of these weeks. Why should I listen to you when you talk about any other team? Because you don't watch them. Well, you don't get a chance to, because you're following Michigan. You're interviewing all the stuff all throughout the week. Tell me, at what point are you sitting there watching some other team? Well, I, I was saying it kind of facetiously, but. It, there's more truth to it than not, but go listen to Doug Karsh and John Jansen on the actual Michigan broadcast paid for by the university. I mean, it is the Michigan broadcast. It sounds more like a national broadcast because at least they talk about both teams. Oh, you, Hey partner. Did you know Blake Corn went in the Heisman? Oh, we'll see Blake in New York. Will this, he's, he's the best running back. Like, you ever seen B. John Robinson? You ever seen well, any, any other guy? I just The always, Ohio State stable, the two backs at Penn State? Seriously? Oh, wait, you haven't because you've only been covering one team. And I always thought, like a national broadcast, you should be telling me how both teams could win this game, how both teams need stops, how both teams need to do this, that, and the other thing. Iowa has the ball. You're only telling me about what's on defense for the University of Michigan oh, and, and Mozzie Smith, Put and you're telling way. me about this transfer from they, Alabama. They know which side the bread is butter. Oh, yeah, you know what they never told you about this transfer from Alabama? How do you leave Alabama? You'll never hear that story. Oh, no. 
You'll never hear no, how but, he allegedly threatened the coach. But he changed his last name, so yeah. you get that. And then he got kicked off another team, and like Michigan is now the fourth school that he's been at. But it's just it's just so disingenuous because but then somebody brought up, but they were saying Iowa got jobbed on on uh was it a penalty or something like that? Or Dude, the world saw that Iowa got jobbed. And job. I'm like, well, yeah, but you can't ignore that. Right. When it, that's it, it happening was, in front of your face. It, it was so obvious that everybody saw it. And it was like And also I, I understand that JJ McCarthy hasn't done anything wrong this year, right? Hasn't done anything wrong because there's no turnovers on the stat sheet, good completion percentage, yada, yada. But he steps out on that field, and they're talking like Vince Young is out there with Matt Leiner, like combined yeah. all in one. And, and listen, maybe this is the Sparty in me. Maybe it is what it is. But it's a tough broadcast to listen so to I, because it's not serious, in my opinion. It used to be my favorite one. I like that over ESPN game day. I, I now watch it. Oh, I don't watch game day either. Game day. The only reason I do watch is only because of my wife, to be honest with you, because a Peloton instructor, Jess Sims, is now one of their people. So they got a whole new audience. But you know that's when the show is struggling. When you got to go out of market, out of everything. Well, that and then they brought back Pat McAfee. Right. And get another audience there. But both those pregame shows, I'd rather listen to the, the one on Fox only because at least Urban Meyer's out there. But even and he's dude, starting Ur- to shell dude, when he's is, like, oh, Michigan's fan base is great. I love this crowd. But, like, dude, that's because he's tired of getting booed. I, honestly, I, but I'm I, like, that's not you, dude. You know what, Saturday mornings, what I do is pull up two and a half men until the game starts because I'll get more listening to what Charlie has to say to Allen than just, watching that stuff. It's just weird, but you can't convince me that. Michigan and Indiana is the best game unless, what, does ESPN have the first choice or something like that? But No, they they wanted that game. You can't tell me TCU and Kansas at noon is not a better game when if, they're both ranked and it's a seven-point spread? Yeah, but if you're going to – well, I mean, right, because you, you did whatever you could to get to East Lansing last year when ESPN – I mean, it's dude – if you're going to follow a team to get shellac, you might as well go to East Lansing and follow that. It's going to be the same That's result another one. Have they State. even showed Ohio State yet? That's the best team in the conference. I hate to say it, and you can say all you want. Michigan is 5-0. Is and all. They've done everything that they need to do, right? But did, could, did you see the AP poll? The amount of votes that separate them and Clemson? And also, explain this one to me. Ohio State goes out, takes care of business against Notre Dame, who was a ranked team, right? They fell in the rankings. They fell, right? But they won against a ranked team. Michigan goes to Maryland or plays against Maryland, wins by seven. Stay. They play an Iowa team. They score 27 points. So what was it, 27-13, whatever it might have been? They stay. How does Michigan not fall on those rankings? But Ohio State did after beating a ranked team. Win. Michigan was doubled. I mean, they were the same point spreads, weren't they? The same people who vote and keep Michigan at four. The same people who told you that Aiden Hutchinson was the second best player in college football last year. We all knew that wasn't true. Well, you you heard the Heisman. Heisman talk from Blake Corum. It becomes a lazy narrative. Certain schools get beyond the benefit of the doubt, and that's where Michigan is, so. Ohio State is still looked at as the enemy school that nobody, you they're good but they're hated. You don't 
lo- nobody loves the Buckeyes unless you're from Ohio. But I don't understand. So I guess maybe because I do not like Michigan and I root against Michigan that I've always never had a problem with Ohio I've never State. Had a problem with Ohio State either. Ohio State is the, is the gold standard of the conference. So. Period. Right. Yeah. End of story. That's what they do. They win. They've been to the playoff how many times? They have national titles, I believe, right. since they do. They had a national title since the playoff system started in 2014. Yeah, it's uh, this this is where we are. But it, it's a it's a big business. It's evolving. It's changing. I think a, a lot of people. I equate it to, and here's why I got to be careful because simple minded people only hear simple minded things. You're going to hear a lot of people, I'm never going to watch this again. Okay, I remember you said that a lot about the whole flag thing with the NFL and Colin Kaepernick. I'm never going to watch the NFL again. NFL's flourishing. Yeah, it's okay? doing. It's on Nickelodeon now. Right. Uh, the NFL has <laughs> never been more strong. For all the people, I swear to God, I, I'm going to burn my jerseys and I'm going to do it. You know, it's, it's like the idiot who makes a tirade about how they're quitting Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. If and here they quit, are liking everything. Easy. Just hit, you know, the activate account. But you can't do that. You got to let the world know. Same's going to happen with college football. All the stuff you hold near and dear to your heart, it's going to all go away. Rivalries are leaving. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State won't happen anymore. See ya. There's going to come a time. Clutch your pearls, people. But I think it'll be the best thing for the rivalry, too. Michigan, Ohio State played at night. Or maybe played during the Dude, season. play it at night. It would be if, a phenomenal. If that game last year should have been played at night. Are you kidding this me? This year should be played at night. I, no one gives a damn what Bo and Woody think about. No. Newsflash. Hold on. Let me check. They're still dead. Yes. Okay. Move on. It's stupid. It evolves. That's what we are. Big money. You got players now sitting out. You got- how, much more, how much more that game would make if it was at night? I mean, the fact that you would have TV revenue day, alone. But I, I want to be home in bed because it's uh, no one. Then cares. quit sports. Because guess what? Okay. They happen late at night. I've seen Alabama and and Auburn played at four, played in the evening. And I love them all. It's it's what you want to see. I mean, exactly. Like for instance, guess what? I'm staying up till midnight tonight because I want to watch the potential number one overall pick in the NBA play on ESPN two. And it doesn't start till ten. Right. You'll so. watch what you want to watch. So yeah, so we we will have more of a of a preview later. Can I preview Michigan State? They're gonna lose. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing about it: the last time they were this heavy of an underdog is this when they went for two and it, lost. No, this is when they went into Columbus and won. And oh, you're talking about that game? Yeah, they were twenty seven and a half or twenty six and a half point underdogs. I think they're 25 and a half right now. So so do does Vegas think they're worse than Indiana? The only reason I asked is Jim Costa had brought it up earlier that Michigan State is 25 and a half on at home against Ohio State. Indiana's 22 point favorites or underdogs against Michigan at home. No, I think they Is it just I think what they're saying they think Ohio State is just better. Okay. I mean, ain't that? I mean, I just think Ohio State is better. And when you look at them, because I mean, I mean yeah, Indiana and Michigan State are very similar. To, a potential first round wide. Jackson Smith and the Jigbas played so ten plays this year. 
Yeah. Could you? You wouldn't know. No. That's how deep they are. Running backs. It's like every week a new running back stands out at Ohio State. Oh, we're going to stop this guy. Okay, we'll play the freshman. Wait, where'd he come from? Oh, and, and their defense is actually much improved. Now, and this is something we'll also get into. I, I do think that that's why I think that by the end of the year, Tucker's going to probably have to make a move with his D coordinator. Now, here's the irony was that Hazleton actually made a lot of changes in the game. He played a lot of people. He used a lot of different fronts that he has not used before. I saw a lot of stunts. I saw a lot of different things. And that defense, for as much maligned, as bad as we bashed him, Evan, six points, two field goals in the second half. They did everything they could to give the offense back. The offense couldn't do anything. They had, what, I think 12 yards in the third quarter. At one point, yeah, it was 12 yards in the second half, and it was just disgusting. They did everything. So, but I I don't, uh, unless MSU goes on some miraculous run, they're going to have to buy out Hazleton because his contract's guaranteed. So So he's going to get, he's going to get a million this year. A million next year and a million a year after. So you're Sometimes gonna have to pay it's cheaper him. to cut ties. And that's what I said. It may be easier if you're the school to pay two million now than ninety five million later. Because if he sticks around, you got to fire Tucker. It's ninety five million. Buy him out, and you move on to see what happens. The sad reality is, I don't think that he can save his job unless no. the only you way better he, go beat Ohio State and Michigan. The only way he saves his job is he wins. Two out of the three between Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. So two out of three is fine. He wins too. two out of those three, and and now you're sitting there saying, well, maybe he's not that bad. Maybe it's the Jimmys and the Joes. I'm watching that game against Maryland, and I'm really thinking, what would it look like if he had real linebackers? What would it look like if Van Summeren and Cal Halliday are not out there trying to cover? What would it look like if Angelo Gross is not out there yeah. getting beat like a rag doll? We didn't see Kimbrough like? much. Like, what would it look like if, if, you know, a mere speed is actually covering somebody and not leaving somebody wide open? What would it look like if he actually had the people? And it's just funny because they're like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're, this is just over. I'm like, guys, recruiting has never been better for them. That's the thing, right? During all this thing, it's like, uh, you know, like, oh, well, the recruits are going to leave. And I had to show a buddy of mine, like, yeah, a recruit just committed in 24 class that's two years from now that's how they're not thinking the way fans think when the world is ending miami loses to middle tennessee you know how many commitments they got and they got one of the top classes in the nation let me help you out with that none well and then what texas a&m keeps losing they just got the top defense alignment in the nation so yeah when people are like oh we're gonna lose Guys. This is in 1994 that if your program stinks, players are going to leave. The money is still green. Yeah. It's still green. Every every school you go to, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I mean, they asked Tucker yesterday, well, uh, you know, how do you feel about keeping the class? He's like, yeah, we just, you know, if the kid wants to come here, the kid wants to come here. I mean, to sum it all up, it's like, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're on a kid and you're going to a bad team, Evan, if you and I, we got to be thinking – we're better than these stiffs that are already there. If you're a linebacker, man, we starting next year. Oh, yeah. If we can't beat these two guys out, we need to go play for Wayne State. And that that's also where that Darren Ravel thing is crap because Michigan State doesn't have this rash of kids that are leaving. They've had kids no, leave, it, yeah, and we've, it's, we, it's been well documented on this podcast. Dude, it's the, it's the, it's the lazy media. No one gives a damn about Michigan State enough to just hit Google 
and, and read something. Also, SMU has nothing, and I want to repeat that, nothing to do with MSU other than they're the three same initials. That's the only thing in common. Dude, it, it is lazy, but when it comes to Michigan State, once somebody says something, oh, well, Kenneth Walker was the reason. Mel Tucker owes Kenneth Walker the money because it was all Kenneth Walker. And it's like, guys, I could. Michigan State won 11 games. I can show you four and a half to maybe five games where Kenneth Walker was not a factor in that game. And I can tell you for sure, 100%, the game that he won for them was the Michigan game. Yeah. 100%. That's no, on, no. He, that's on Walker, him. No, Kenneth Walker won the Northwestern game. Kenneth Walker won the Michigan game. And he definitely won the. He didn't win the Miami game because that was the receivers. That was the. He quarterback. had a lot of yards. No, but he had all like 170 some sure, yards but, in the Miami but game. But that so wasn't him. I'll, gi- I'll give him half the credit. Sure, it but it enough, wasn't uh, all Rutgers. Him. Rutgers was the other game. Kenneth Walker won the Rutgers game. Sure. He had the 90 yard run where he's shaking hands with Naylor at the end. Yeah, but that was also the game where I think Naylor had two like 80 yard touchdowns. Right. But it was all Kenneth Walker. But once again, it's lazy. I don't want to do the heavy lifting. I'll just spit this out there, and the nation will believe it because I'm Darren Ravel. I'm Joel Klatt. I'm this person. No. I can just make up stuff, and people will believe it. It's like, dude. Just- and also, if that's the case, then why the hell wasn't Wake Forest winning 11 games a year? Because I'm pretty sure he was on their team, right? That's another great point. And my thing is, if it was all Kenneth Walker, I remember at the – the next game when they lost to Purdue, well, maybe he's just not that good. Oh, yeah. And then his stock fell, and then he was hurt against Ohio State. Ohio State shut him down. And, oh, Penn State, he was still hurt. And, oh, Kenneth Walker, he may not be that good. And then all of a sudden, they they beat Maryland last year with a hurt Walker, and they beat Penn State. But he didn't get invited to the Heisman ceremony. But now all of a sudden, he's Jesus. Also, and he was the only reason – you don't get to rewrite history, but that's just what lazy media people do. Oh, and you, what? You guys beat Pitt without Kenny Hackett. Or Kenny Pickett, Kenny my bad. Pickett. I don't know why I said Hackett, but... Okay, well, Kenneth Walker also didn't play. And also, I'm pretty sure Jordan Addison, the number one receiver in the nation, I'm pretty sure he was out right, but, but, but this is where you... But once again, nobody takes the time to actually do their homework when it comes to Michigan State. Whatever. Because that would require work. And you know what? And they're the same people that say I'm a hater for Michigan. But yet, guess what? I watch more. I pay attention to more. I read more because it kind of is my job. And I do realize Michigan fans are a huge base of who we talk to week in and week out. Doesn't mean I have to like them. But at least I'm a realist about it. Michigan's good. We don't know if they're great yet, but they're very good. So we'll wait and see. And so us saying that doesn't mean... Oh, they're crapping all over Michigan, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You have to win every game, which they've done. It's Right now, Michigan and Ohio State appear to be on a collision, collision. course yeah. for the final game of the year. I wish that game was not a noon game. Because Just like Bo and Woody would have wanted it. Because noon games, I'm sorry. I don't really care if you're an old person and you need to, to beat the early time supper at Denny's. I don't care. Rico, if that game was played at 2 a.m. Saturday morning, if that game, it's being watched. Evan... Play, play the game at 4. Play the game at 7.30. Doesn't matter. That game should be played under the lights. Well, that's what I was going to say. I actually prefer a 3.30, 4 o'clock game once Daylight Savings Time hits, and that game turns into night. Oh, it's right. my favorite. It's my favorite. But Even the game that Michigan State lost at Michigan when Braylon went crazy, right. that was a game that started at 3.30, ended at night, and it was awesome. I right. hate the result, but it was awesome. So, 
Yeah. But anyway, uh, we've rambled on enough. Yep, yep, yep. But we'll actually get some real breakdown. Sorry, I took it to a different direction. But for Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening and watching the Five Stars Up.